Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, we love it when you listen live to the Ben and Skin Show on a radio, but when you can't listen on a radio, we want you to stream via the radio.com app, which is new and improved. You can now rewind and fast forward on the radio.com app. Just be sure to hit the heart at the top of the app where you pick 105.3 as your favorite station and one of your favorites, and then you will... uh automatically be alerted when we uh when we have something going on i believe that's how that works but regardless rewind and fast forward it's a great way to listen and if you can't well you can always listen to the podcast as long as you listen in the first 24 hours we're good with that we had jerry jones on the show earlier we'll play some highlights from this but by all means go back and listen to the podcast it's it's really really good stuff let's start with cut number one Jerry, what do you say to the fan base that wants jason garrett to be held responsible for this uh three-game losing streak well, uh, you're not allowing me to do anything. Uh, I uh, want to uh, talk about our team, uh, talk about our coach. I have felt that uh, we've got a lot invested in, in Jason Garrett. He's evolved into what I think is uh, a top coach. Uh, he would be a very sought-after coach if he were out here in the open market. Uh, so there's a lot of pluses there. He brings a lot to the table. And uh, I can genuinely say that that is not a thought that I'm having. So it would be unfair to our fans to, for me to have any indication about what I may think the future is as far as uh, head coach. Everybody's aware that uh, uh, we're on the last year of his agreement, uh, but uh, that uh, really uh, just means that we can all sit down and take a look at things at the end of the year. Uh, that was the case when he had won the first three ball games, and still the case today after losing the last three. You know, this what this reminds me of, Ben, is we always go back in time. I think Jerry believes all of this stuff until he doesn't. And we can go back to a week before Wade Phillips got fired and he was saying the same thing. Now, I don't believe – I think Garrett's going to coach out the remainder of the season. I don't think it's going to get so – bad that he he's got to pull the plug and resort to the Hail Mary. Um so I I'm I'm very entrenched in that. I very much believe that. However, uh I do want to remind everyone that that is exactly what he was saying all the way up until the time that they fired Wade. And they had no choice because the team quit. And Jesse's talked about this. The team openly quit on the field if you're watching it on television and it wasn't hey Look at this one clip of someone walking off the field. Here's Malik Collins ignoring Garrett because he's in a bad mood or whatever. It was evident by just looking at your screen going, ah, none of these guys are playing right now. Mm-hmm. That's and what changed. I, the beginning of that answer, though, the, uh, that was where he said, you're not allowing me to do anything. If you missed that, it was just kind of I was just kind of setting it up that we were about to get into some tense questioning um, and that, hey, it's not – you know, we're allowing you an opportunity to kind of answer fans who have concerns about this. And that's why he said, you're not allowing me to do anything. It's not like, uh, you know, and I, and people were like, wait a second, was he mad? Was he testy? What did you make of that? And I did. I, I just thought he was saying, hey, son, I'm here to hit fastballs. Do your worst. Throw a fastball at my head. I got this. That's why I'm wearing cleats and holding a bat in the batter's box. Um, I didn't I didn't take any offense to that at all. Did you? 
No, I didn't. I didn't at all. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fantastic. I love that he said that. Let's move on to uh, cut number four here. This has Skin's question in, but it's about Garrett's game management philosophy. Do you believe philosophically that game management is an important part of coaching? And if so, do you generally agree with Garrett's philosophy on staying more in the moment as opposed to more big picture game management stuff? Yeah, well, you said Garrett's philosophy. Uh, I'm not so sure that I can uh, articulate without enough vagueness uh, what is philosophy. Is philosophy always going forward on fourth down? Doesn't that depend upon what uh, part of the field you're on? Doesn't that depend upon down and distance? Doesn't that feel upon uh, uh, time in the game? All of those kinds of things. So uh, uh, if you're asking me that I can differentiate between Garrett's philosophy, other coaches in the league's philosophy, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that I've got uh, the years it would take for us to go through that and, and try to pin down a moving answer. Uh, I can't tell you what that game management philosophy is. I know you want to say your timeouts and have as many of them right at the end as you possibly can. But I also know that uh, you want to use some of them for what they were intended for, and that's to uh, correct a uh, uh, obvious error in officiating but guess what? In the league today, we're not overturning anything. So do you want to use your time for there, or do you want to use your time to not get overturned at the end of the game? Uh, obviously, if I just totally disagreed with Garrett and his philosophy, uh, then he wouldn't be the coach. See, that was an amazing answer because he specifically gave you two Garrett clock mismanagement, game mismanagement examples that have occurred in the last two weeks in two separate games after saying – well, does he have a specific style? I couldn't pin it down. Oh, here's the two things that everyone's upset about. And then he finishes it up with if I didn't have if I didn't agree with it, he wouldn't be here for 10 years. So what he's saying is, look, I understand what the arguments are. I understand what you're saying. What I'm telling you is is I believe in Jason Garrett and I defer to his judgment. And this is what we were talking about yesterday. I don't think in any way that if the Joneses believed that there's no way Garrett could get the job done because he was incompetent, they would have brought him back for one more year. Jerry Jones doesn't want to fart around like that anymore. They still believe in Garrett's best best assets overriding whatever we would call his deficiencies. He told you specifically the two things that everybody has been bitching about over the last 10 days. He lined huh. it out and then said, well, we can't really pin it down. Incredible answer. Uh, and I, you know, I love these conversations with him. He just takes you on this long ride and, uh, he's, he's really smart and pointed answer. And, and, to, certainly to address those two things within his answer just kind of shows a complex answer. Um, and I, you know, to your earlier point, I don't know how he feels about all this. When he's saying that he's getting his coaches back, but obviously he's bringing those things up because they sting. Right. Um, and Good so point. I don't think he agrees in those situations and later if he fires Garrett he'll be able to come back and it would have been consistent he would say well when I referenced those things mm -hmm. uh, God. so we had 10 questions with Jerry six of them were about Garrett um, let's move on to uh, cut number five Jerry what do you say to fans who are curious about what exactly Jason brings to the table on game days my goodness I want them curious about every nuance of game day uh, that's one of the things I'm excited about the future. I think some of the things we've got coming uh, in the future, gaming, things like that, I think it's going to increase the intensity and the eyeballs of people watching. Uh, I actually think replay, uh, even in its inexact or in its inaccurate form, 
increases the interest in the game. The game last night, uh, Detroit and Green Bay, the, the calls uh, were the subject of most of the talk after the ball game. Uh, as long as they're talking, keep it, keep it going. I disagree with that. That's the Luther Campbell two live crew philosophy. I mean, that's that's Madonna, Rodman. Yeah. Hey, as long as they're talking, it's okay to be talking. But that's not like the NFL is going to go away. But and they're going to people are going. Oh my God, these calls are terrible. I'm not a fan anymore. That's not going to happen. No. But they've got a legitimate problem, and I I think it'd be way better if people were talking about some incredible plays as opposed to man, the refs are ruining everything. Right. You know, uh, think about I, the biggest ref crisis is what the NBA had. Yeah. And they haven't really had a tail off. And that's the fear that I think a lot of people have is that that could happen if you get rid of replay or something like that. Mm-hmm. You could have some, you know, shady underground thing happening. But to me, it's kind of like you could already have that. If you wanted to be corrupt, you could be corrupt from the New York, you know, studios if you wanted to be. But I, I, the thing about these games, like everyone's talking about it. Well, last night's game was close, though, and it was down to the wire. I think and it was actually kind of good to watch. You know, it was fun to watch. I, I like, don't. The I, penalties suck. The penalties sucked in that Cowboys Jets game, but I'll be damned if we weren't locked in, even though there were six straight penalties. I think the short term fix to this, though, just to, to, to easily fix this, get all the refs together, not do a conference call, get them all together and say, guys, keep your flags in your pants. All right? Keep your flags all the way in your pants. If it's egregious, do it. If it's clearly obvious, do it. But keep your flags in your pants because there's way too many flags. But I, I also think that when in, when people in anything, when they know they're under scrutiny, then they retreat. And so there's so much scrutiny right now that – and that's the other thing. I don't know which answer he said it in. Maybe, maybe he just said that. Jerry was talking. He, he basically uh, said what Bassick said the other day. They're not reversing anything. They're really not. Well, so Jerry when, just said it. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what Jerry was confirming that. And so it's like you know you can beat up Jason for not having a a, tie, a, a flag challenge left, but they weren't going to reverse it anyways because they're not reversing anything. Yeah. And does that go into your idea of game management? You're sitting there going, well, they're not going to reverse it, so I'm not even going to fl- throw this flag and risk losing that. I thought one of his strengths was that he stays cool under pressure, though, right? And that's where that whole thing. They were down 31-10, and he threw the pass interference flag. Oh, wait. And that ended up costing him. And, I, yeah, it felt like it, they needed to do it down 21. Hold on. But we, they didn't know things were under. We can't kill him for being a robot, emotionless robot, and then also kill him for when he finally shows some passion. Well, I'm failing to find the strength of the guy, I guess. Is no, that's fair. That's fair. Besides, for, uh, beside, honestly, it does feel like teams don't quit on him. It feels like everyone likes him. Yeah. Other than that, what what's the strength? I, here's what I wonder. I don't think guys guys have quit on him. I do think it's interesting, interesting that a couple of weeks ago, Christy Scales had a report that the sideline was dead. Well, what's the? We've been hearing that a lot. And right. Cower said it. But what's Jerry said? Organization. His organization is a strength. He's got the most immaculate files. What are we talking about? <laughs> like He's I can go across. Keeps all his folders in there. I can go across all the good uh, head coaches in the league, the top top coaches as he called them. Mm-hmm. I can identify their strengths very quickly. It's very easy, and like you just don't have that. With yeah, him. you know what the other thing too, though, is I think he's also talking about organiz- organizational philosophy, organizational belief, systematic belief, core belief, and all those things. Garrett never deviates from them, and he reinforces them all the time. And that's that's what's around. You know, people. You know, the when Lombardi comes in and goes, "What does the guy do?" 
Well, he sets all that up, and then your offensive coordinator is going to call plays. The defensive coordinator is going to call well, plays. Dude, you and can hire a quality control guy to do that. I want to get back to this. There's one more cut. We asked six questions about Jason Garrett, and we he didn't answer it on that last question, so we tried again. Mr. Jones, what is Jason's best quality on game day? Oh, I think he's tremendously uh, organized on game day. Huh. Uh, I think without a question, he's uh, – in his career, you'd say, uh, does Tim, uh, Garrett have his team ready? You know, we all need a certain discipline. We all need order. He uh, creates that. There are so many things that Jason Garrett does well. You can't separate coach from the person. And so you got to look at integrity. You've got to look at uh, having uh, uh, skills, people skills. All of those kinds of things. Does he have a bad moment or a moment that he'd like to do differently with people? I have them by the hour. <laughs> and so you're right. It's degrees. It's degrees. Some people have long suits. Some people have short suits. And you can get it done with all of those frailties or all of those uh, qualities. And all in all, Jason Garrett is a really, really top individual that happens to be coaching and uh, for at least for uh, the period of time that I've known him, I've made him, I've known him for 20-something years, knew his dad uh, for 20 years during that period of time. He, again, I think we answered it right off the bat. He wouldn't have been our coach for 10 years, do I not think he has a lot of great qualities to coach. See, what I, what I think he's saying there is I think he's saying everything about Garrett is on display at all times. So for you to go in and say, hey, what specifically does he does do great on game day? Well, it's not specifically about game day. It's about who he is all the time, the way he presents himself, and the tone that it sets every single day, not just game day. That question and answer narrowed it down to where this is where we are with this, where, that Cowboy fans have a problem with, and that is we get it. He's got character. We get it. He's organized. We get it. He's calm in a storm. We get it. But he brings nothing to the table on game day. Mm -hmm. He's not a game manager. He doesn't seem to understand how to control the clock. He doesn't seem to understand those things. Those aren't his strong suit. We get it. He's a man of incredible character and integrity. And Jerry says you can't separate the man and the coach. And then you're, he's talking about what he does on game day, and he's talking about his relationship with Jason's dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think lost in the sauce of all of this is, is Jerry doesn't get it or he's unwilling to get it or he's just not at that point yet where he's ready to give up. But as great as Garrett is as a human being, as great as he is at the Nick Saban thing, getting guys to buy in and bring it every day with the process, he just may not be very good on game day. And it may be with so much parity in the league and all these teams so close and this thin margins, the Cowboys can't afford to just not have that. They need somebody who can give them some advantages from the headset, from the headset spot. And they don't have that right now, and they desperately need it. Well, why don't we find out what the listeners are thinking? We like to do this from time to time to where we load up the phones at 877-881-1053. That's for you to call in, 877-881-1053. Load up the phone so you can... Tell us what you're thinking. We'll do that next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Hey, we're selling our, uh, celebrating our 10-year anniversary at 105.3 The Fan. Uh, 10 years of being on the air, 105.3 The Fan. We want a chance to say thank you to, for being the best listeners in all of the Metroplex. So we're having a huge party for you. It's family-friendly. Bring, bring the whole crew. It's at Texas Live. 
Saturday, October 26th from noon to 4. This is going to be really cool. Some Dallas Cowboys are going to be there. Uh, Jalen Smith will be there. Charles Haley will be there. Uh, we have got, uh, let's see, Ed Belfour, Craig Ludwig, Ranger skipper Chris Woodward is going to be in the house. Very family-friendly, noon to 4, Saturday, October 26th. Bring the whole family to Faniversary at Texas Live, presented by the law offices of Frankel and Frankel. That is going to be a wonderful time. And if you've missed the other station news, that is we have updated the Radio.com app. You can now fast-forward and rewind on the app. So, by all means, if you can't listen live on a radio, then please stream or go listen to the podcast. We appreciate your support in every single way. And that's why we're throwing a huge party to thank you for being a listener. Faniversary, don't miss it. All right, one of the things we like to do also, besides just give you a chance to win $1,000 just for listening, is we like you to go ahead and call in sometimes and... Tell us what you're thinking. And this is an opportunity for you to do that. We are going to let you be hosts. We've loaded up the phone lines. People are going to call in. Don't ask us how we're doing. Turn your radio way down. How you guys been? Get into your point and be as concise as you can. And we're going to give you a chance to do what you want to do and uh, let your voice be heard here on 105.3 The Fan. So here with another edition of... Tell us what you're thinking. Here's Kevin KT Turner. Thank you very much, Ben. Let's go to line nine, Shippy. Line nine. John in Dallas. John, tell us what you're thinking. I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's time for Jason to go. And Jason's tenure here, we have we have two, we have three teams that won the Super Bowl in our division. John's twice, and, and recently New York. Okay? It's time for Jason to go, man. Your voice, your voice has been here too long. You're not getting anything accomplished. I don't care about it. I don't care about the relationship between Jeremy and your dad, man. It's time for you to go, man. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you're here for nothing. Really I'm nothing. Not, um, I'm of yeah, That's good. Thanks for the call. I, I do think that it's very possible that I, it recycles when you have younger players, right? And and then Dak came in and Zeke, and that was a whole group of young guys. But now those young guys are, guys are in year four. And it is very possible that, you know, they look at it and they all know what a boat anchor Linehan was, and that's on Jason Garrett's watch. Mm-hmm. It is very possible that the Garrett message is starting to get old. Not that they dislike him, but that they've reached the tune-out factor. The bottom line is at some point there's got to be some culpability. There's got to be somebody to answer for them not getting to the next level. What he's done has been fine, but fine's not good enough. This is the Dallas freaking Cowboys. It's time for somebody else to come in here and see what they can do. Well, let's go to line one, Jacob and Euless. Jacob, tell us what you're thinking. Hey, Tolo, uh, I think Garrett is running, is managing the game exactly the way Jerry wants him to. When he, when he called in earlier and y'all were interviewing him, he said that he wants to save his timeouts for the end of the game. All that does is ensure that with 10 minutes left, you're only going to have one more drive. I mean, if you're down more than even three points, do you really just want one more drive? I I already know. If there's 10 minutes on the clock, Cowboys only got one more drive, period. That's what saving your timeouts to the end of the game does for you. Yeah, I I mean, I I don't know if I agree with all of that, but there is something I will say about the number of drives. They did have success running the ball in the second half. Mm Mm-hmm. They were doing it likely for a reason, but also might have went too far in that direction because all they did is tick time off the clock and they needed three scores. And they consistently needed three scores because it was 21 to nine. Mm-hmm. You were still going to need three scores to win the thing. And that's I, why it was very frustrating to me. I didn't have as much of a problem with that. Um, in general, I understand that. But if you look at it, they had a touchdown taken off the board. 
They then were marching a second time. They had a missed field goal. They shouldn't have been in any of that position in the first place. They're playing to They're, tie the game. Though. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, is that seven points taken off the board. They really kind of, based on the hole that they put themselves in, they had the drives managed properly. It wasn't until the end where they're like, you know what? Now we're going to burn a timeout. Well, sure, that's the overarching problem is that you were behind and forced yes. to play perfectly. Right. Uh, you know, and b- the last two games, really. Forced right. to play perfectly because you were behind. What did you say? But 51 to 6 they got down in the last They were team? down 31 to 3 to Green Bay, and they were down 21 to 3 to the Jets. Lord they were down mercy. 52 to 6. Great. So good luck coming from back. But that's my my whole thing. And this is where I had a problem. And I know the, 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 the analytics would probably say you're an idiot here. But when I was looking at the time of it when it was 21 to 9, and they were choosing to kick a field goal uh, that would have made it 21-12. I was going, well, then it's still a two-score game, mm-hmm. and you just ran seven minutes off the clock. You just cut into your ability. You cut into, like, because you ran the ball, you ran off a lot of time, you stopped the number of possibilities that you're going to have to score. So fourth and nine, when it was 21-6, to six, I personally would have said, we're probably going to lose this game anyway. We might as well try to make it a two-score game right now, and I would have went for it. It's easy to say when Maher goes and misses a field goal. I'm sorry, the score was 21-9 at the time. If Maher miss, makes the field goal, it's 21-12. To me, that doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. To me, a nine-point game and a 12-point game and it's late still in the third quarter yeah. is still a two-score game. Right. This I is, didn't like that. This is what you're thinking. It's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Tell Let's us what you're thinking. To uh, Yeah, like I get four hours to say what I'm thinking every day, right? <laughs> Still, though, unfulfilled as a person. Oh, that's okay, Kevin. <laughs> Let's go to line five. Let's go to Cole and Rockwell. Cole, tell us what you're thinking. I'm thinking that uh, Shippy should be running this show. I love Shippy. He's the man. Why do we let this on? <laughs> now, <laughs> shut up, Cole. Now, why do you think that? Why? Because he always has good insights, nice little honey humor. That, and uh, I tried some tasty beer this past weekend in Salina. I want to give a shout out for Rollertown Brewery. Some awesome beer I had. Can't comment on that, but it's awesome. I like Cole. I like Cole. Thanks, too. Cole. I Sorry. think Cole's got some great points. Sorry, I like, the first get... part of what you said was not good, but then you really, yeah. you really saved the call. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate. Sorry, it. I yelled shut He's up. Also you. Yeah, I like a pretty awesome cartoon voice. Yeah, he does. I love you. I think y'all I should let that Shippy run the show. <laughs> He's not Charlie in a box. Let's go to line two, Shippy Mason in Dallas. Mason, tell us what you're thinking. Cool. I just uh, wanted to touch back up on something Mike Fisher was talking about this morning. I can't exactly paraphrase. I'd have to go back on the new Radio.com app to go rewind and listen. But uh, work he was talking us? a little bit. <laughs> he was talking a little bit about how Lincoln Riley might not be the best fit because he's young and we're in the motion of now. But if you ask me, he is the best fit. He's on fire. And if he is the QB whisperer, maybe he's the question to get back in that gunslinging mode that he really should be in. You know, hey. he's got that offensive drive. Thanks a lot, man. Good call. I, You know, the win now thing, you're never – I mean, like, it's never a bad thing to get the coach of the future and the coach of now simultaneously. <laughs> That's what this league is. We're sitting here talking about these old coaches telling everybody to get off their lawn – uh, you know, I don't, I don't, wouldn't say you're not, it's not like a quarterback. You bring in a coach, that coach can win now. Why do your offense and defense look like five to 10 years ago if you're trying to win now? Yeah. Trying to win now, you're getting ahead of it. Right. You go, go, go. This is what's great about uh, Andy Reid. Uh, that article we talked about Andy Reid the other day. You don't like Andy Reid? And the, like his offense never stops. <laughs> you know what? They've had back. two straight losses or whatever. 
but it never stops. Andy Reid will never stop trying to create new plays. There was an article that was written in The Athletic about Matt LaFleur, the Packers coach, and he gets a cut-up each week. He gets a hundred all the explosive plays that happen in the NFL. Like, I wonder if the Cowboys have this. I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. I would guess most teams do. But he gets cut-up for him all the explosive plays. He watches might be 120 plays a week. Who knows? He cuts them down to 15 that he likes, like really likes the design of. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cuts them down to 15. And then starts figuring out ways to get them in the game plan. You know, you don't ever, you never know until you see it. Right. But is that happening here? I don't know if it is or not. But I'm saying that's something that he, you could say that he does well. I, that's something you could say Andy Reid does well or Sean Payton does well. Right. I think uh, Kellen Moore is doing that. I think he is. Is he being allowed to do it? Because the offense doesn't look the same. Right. But, you know, what I'm saying is just because he's going through it doesn't mean it's going to get implemented. But I think he's doing the. Does play action die when you're down by 21? I, I Is that, does it just go away? I think they, right, just, because they, they know, chose not to do it. Because not they gonna know bump. you're going to pass. Yeah. They're, they're like, oh, if you want to run, please, by all means, run. They like three play-action plays. Maybe that's what the Cowboys were trying to establish play-action late in the second half. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's fine. Let's go to line four, Shippy. We need some Fort Worth uh, representatives here. Let's go Adam in Fort Worth. Adam, tell us what you're thinking. Gentlemen, I've been watching this team for years now, and when this team was assembled this year, my initial thoughts were we got the talent to win the Super Bowl or at least get far into the playoffs, NFC Championship. I think that was kind of everybody's expectations. Right. But I'm going to go against the grain here a little bit. Everybody's beating up Jason Garrett. After I watched us play Green Bay and New Orleans, I'm a little out of order there, um, I'm starting to question the talent here a little bit. And my big question is, you watch a guy like Zadarius Smith, uh, you watch the uh, the Packers running back, and I start asking myself, am I saying Aaron Jones is better than Zeke? Absolutely not. However, I start to think that everybody thinks every time we've got the guys and we're still trying to find the big three, and it just kind of makes me wonder, well, hell, maybe every team thinks they got the guy and they got the Super Bowl team. So how talented are we? I, I, I think uh, it's interesting. Demarcus Lawrence is hurt, right? So let's go start there. Or Mar- Demarcus Lawrence is hurt. I, Demarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn, I would put up against Preston and Zadarius Smith any day. Mm-hmm. I would put those two up, and maybe you can flip a coin or whatever. But I'm okay with what I have. Right. I don't think talent. I think they're just hurt and playing bad football. It's kind of simple as that. I do wonder too if there has been some let off the gas pedal for whatever reason. Whether they felt like, all right, we've arrived. Sniffing themselves. Sniffing themselves, as Dak said. I mean, a lot of guys, important guys, did get contracts. You know, I think that's, again, I, I'm not criticizing anybody for that. I know if someone laid $20 million of guaranteed money at my feet, I'd do a deep exhale, maybe sit in a hammock for a minute. But that question is exactly why I brought that up, the Jay Ratliff thing. This is what I asked Jay Ratliff nine years ago. It's the same crap. Is this team undercoached or overhyped? Both. Right? Are they undercoached or overhyped? That's why we're having the conversation about Garrett. This caller just brings it up. Maybe it's not Garrett. Maybe they don't have as much talent as we thought they had. Mm-hmm. I think they do, though. I think I think they do, too. I just think, and, I, and you know, the aspect of whether they're being coached right, I think that we probably think that there's a lot of things that should be different. But I also think a lot of it's just on those individuals <laughs> not pulling their weight. And, by the way, teams are allowed to have bad stretches of football. My hope. And I don't, and I'm being way too optimistic in hoping this. My hope is this is just a bad stretch of football, and that it's all figured out. Like that's early because the Rams and Chiefs haven't haven't won since the Cowboys have. You know, mm-hmm. you think about those teams, right? You may have picked those teams to be deep in the deep in the playoffs this year. So hopefully, it's just a bad stretch of football, and they've gotten through it. I'm thinking back to the years, even the Cowboys teams that won Super Bowls in the '90s. They had a couple games where they. 
You know, just kind of kind of didn't go well. In 2016, they had that. In 2014, they had a little stretch where things weren't going well. That happens uh, to good teams, but it just it re, as you said earlier, Ben, the the water's coming through all the holes. Yeah, and that's it is. becoming more of a problem. Mm. So let's end on a good call. Huh? Like this call? is tell us what you're thinking. I, I think we should end on a high note, right? Well, traditionally I mean, we end on a ghost call, an unscreened ghost call. All right. Ooh. So let's see what ghost happens. Space it hasn't color. filled us yet. Let's, this no guy has be been calling and hasn't even been on hold. Let's go to line four, Shippy. I feel good about line four. Mm. Unscreened ghost call. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what you're thinking. You're on the air, pal. Hey, guys. Hey. from Grand Prairie. What's up? Pretty good so far. Hey, guys. Man, uh, all I got to say is that Jason Garrett isn't going anywhere. Kellen Moore is going to need to get down with Jason Garrett and put this team together. I wouldn't mind another ghost let's call. Go. Let's see, let's see what we got in line five there. You can, your strongest. <laughs> you probably had better call-ins. Tell us what you're thinking. Hello? Yeah. Hey, man. Hey. Pretty good. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? How y'all doing, man? Hey. Hello? Hey, Tolo, baby. <laughs> hey, man. I didn't mean to cut y'all off on what y'all was talking about. We know what the Cowboys is going to be. We know they're going to be another eight and eight or whatever thing. <laughs> Let's talk about these Mavs, man. I'm liking this Luka and Porzingis combination. Went to the game uh, last night, and they're looking pretty good, man. I think we just need one more piece, maybe two, but I think we can we can go all the way, man. I love it. I, I think, think that's so. a that's a great yeah. way to end that that uh, solid segment that we like to call. Tell us what you're thinking. That was good. Woo! That was really good, everybody. Yeah. Coming up next, call, the G Bag Nation Woo! is going to tell us what they be thinking right here on 105.3 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.